Our scripture reading today is in Luke 1, 26 through 28. Uh, there's some Bibles in front of you on the pews if you need those. Uh, page number 1070. If it's a large print, it's page number 1588. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be bearing is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be as you have said. Then the angel left her. As long as I can remember, we'd been waiting for the Messiah to come for us. My family, our tribe, our whole nation. I always knew that he'd come, but... Well, let's be honest, it's not like I'm from Jerusalem or someplace special. I'm just a girl from Nazareth. And everybody knows that not much good comes from Nazareth. It never has. I thought for sure that Angel had come to the wrong house with his announcement. But if that's what God wanted, well, who was I to tell him he was wrong? Joseph, well, God bless that wonderful man. He could have joined in with everybody else. He could have had me sent away. He could have even had me killed. But he just never broke the promise to marry me. And so when he had to go to Bethlehem for the census, I was honored to ride by his side. Even with heartburn and bloated cankles and nine months of pregnancy behind me. <laughs> you know those women who try different things to induce labor, like going on frequent walks or eating spicy foods? What they should do is go on a bumpy 70-mile trip to Bethlehem. Because not long after I got there, and I'd never done this myself, but even I know it was time. <laughs> and with every wave of pain, I tried to ignore the fact 
that my family wouldn't be there to help me and that I'd be bringing this baby into the world without the familiarity of home. But when Jesus finally came, I forgot all of that, though. I just wrapped him in cloths and tried to make the most comfortable bed I could for him with the only thing I had, which was an animal's feeding trough. Joseph said I should have been sleeping then, but I couldn't stop staring at him. angel had told me about. My heart was so full, I couldn't even find words big enough to express it. I know I'm not the first young mother to bring a child into this world. It's always been that way. But as I look down at my son, my Redeemer. I knew that he would change everything because he had already changed me. A baby definitely changes everything, doesn't it? <laughs> Before we get too far into this message, just a couple of things. It's already been mentioned a couple of times, but uh, if you've got kids here with us, you know we normally would have children's church at this time, but this is a special family Christmas Sunday. We're going to do something kind of similar next week, but more casual, but I'll talk to you about that uh, at the end of the service. But if you uh, have kids with you today and they didn't get one of the children's bulletins, you might still, you know, if you want to run back to the... Uh, to the foyer or one of our ushers are in the back you could just raise your hand and they could uh, bring you one it's got a little section in there uh, where they kids you can uh, keep track of how many times I say certain words and you can kind of keep a tally mark of how it is and at the end you can tell me you know how many times I, I said Mary for instance because <laughs> we could say Mary quite a few times in this particular message um, there's other activities and things like that for you in there but I'm going to try and keep it Moving, all right. Uh, before we get too far along, I need all of your help to settle kind of a, a debate that's been going on, on on Facebook. And and see, Julie and I yesterday got in a little bit of a competition with some Play-Doh. And, and since we don't have snow, right, and it's Christmas week, we decided to make uh, some Play-Doh snowmen. All right, so she made one and I made one. And, and we've been having people vote on which one looks better. And so I'll have you weigh in this morning as well with a live audience. All right. So what we'll do first is, if you feel like the blue man should win, would you just go ahead and raise your hand? Hey, here we go. All right. Now if you think that the purple fella should win. <sighs> Sorry, Julie. No. <laughs> Y'all didn't know purple was my favorite color. No. 
Well, that's about what the feedback we've been getting. But I'll say this. The only person to judge them in person was Hadley, and she chose the blue guy. <laughs> so maybe he just doesn't photograph well. But a baby really does change everything. I talked to you a little bit about last week, you know, when, when Julie and I had Hadley, and that, that moment where you, you look at this child that's just been born, and you think, oh my goodness, what have I done? And, and there really is kind of that moment that you realize everything's changed. You know, I used to get eight hours of sleep, pretty regular. That, that was a dream of the past now, you know. Um, but if you didn't get eight hours that week, well, you just caught up on the weekend. There is no catching up anymore. Those days are done, at least for now. Um, you know, if you didn't feel like doing anything, you just didn't do anything. But when a baby's around, you don't really have that option, do you? Uh, we used to be, I mean, Julie is amazing. And we could get gone in like 10 minutes. I mean, you give us 10 minutes notice, you wake us up asleep. 10 minutes, we could be heading out the door. And, you know, those days are gone too. <laughs> and, uh, and we were also really good at traveling. You know, we could get up and we could travel. We'd travel to see family. We'd go on vacation. We'd drive for hours. All I'd have to really do is give Julie some Dramamine. She was out. I'd wake her up when we got there. Uh, but everything takes a little bit longer now. And we, we plan in strategic stops and hotel rooms that we wouldn't have normally bought. <laughs> but we buy them so we can just break it up into pieces and chunks. Um, there was a, a video I found that was just, I thought, a really kind of heartwarming portrayal. Maybe you've seen this around on, on YouTube a while back. If you're listening online to this message, uh, you could, I'm not going to be able to put it online, but you could find it on YouTube. I think you just Google Coca-Cola commercial Argentina. It was a South American commercial, but uh, we're going to watch it here today. <laughs> Babies definitely change everything, and uh, not all things for the bad either, some for the good. And even if you don't have kids, uh, I know we've got all sorts of different folks in the room and even kids, but a lot of us can relate to this in some way or another. Kids, I mean, a lot of you have a little brother or a little sister that came along, right? And that life was good and then a baby showed up and changed everything. Less attention for you, right? Less, uh, maybe even less presence for you, <laughs> At Christmas time, more responsibilities for you, and uh, maybe even someone that gets you in trouble from time to time. Surely not. Uh, but a baby also brought you a new friend, a companion, someone to play with, uh, someone to get in trouble with <laughs> on occasion, and, uh, you know, make life a little more interesting for you. Someone new to love. Even in extended family situations, when you, someone in your extended family has a baby, then it just changes family get-togethers, doesn't it? Or, uh, or even at work, if some of your work colleagues, someone has a baby, it changes the dynamic at work sometimes. Or uh, even at church, right? A baby, a new baby in a church changes things a little bit. But in this Christmas series, you know, we've been looking at, at three different characters. And first we looked at Elizabeth, uh, the mother of John the Baptist. And we learned from her and from her experience that we serve a God who brings life into barren places and hope 
from hopelessness. And then last week we looked at Joseph and his story. And from Joseph we learned that God is less interested in how qualified you feel than he is in how willing you are to do what he chooses for you to do. Mary also has much to teach us about God, I believe. Mary, the mother of Jesus, a girl from a humble little town, a girl who was set up in the process of being married to a carpenter named Joseph. These were, from all we can tell, really simple, hard-working folks. They weren't nobility. They weren't religious elites of their day. And yet, look at their faith. Look at the depth of their faith. Last week, we discovered in Joseph a man who, he was, you know, willing to, to set Mary aside quietly. In other words, he was willing to be merciful, but he also wanted to follow God's law. And when God showed up and spoke to him, he said, okay, I'll do it. And then this week, we read a story about Mary. And Mary... My goodness. Well, just compare her response to the news. The news I'm talking about is, Hey Mary, you're going to be the mother to the Son of God, even though you're not even married yet, completely. You haven't finished marrying Joseph. And her response is, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said, or let it be done to me as you say. Now, contrast her response to that of Zechariah the priest when the angel, same angel showed up gave him similar news that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a child even though she had been barren and they were old and Zechariah the priest serving God in his temple says are you sure about that God? (laughs) I don't really believe you and then here's this humble girl similar news maybe even if anything more shocking news And she says, let it be done to me as you say. Would that we all had Mary's kind of faith. Imagine Mary's life. Imagine how it changed. A baby changed everything for her in a million and one ways. And that is just a drop in the bucket compared to how Jesus changed everything, everywhere. Our society, we, we tell two stories at Christmas, don't we? There's the story of the jolly old uh, plump guy that, that flies around in the sky with reindeers and he drops off presents for children. And then there's a story about a baby that was born in a manger. And if you drive around town, as I'm sure you have, and you see the lights and you see what people put out in the yard, you see both stories sometimes being acted out in the same yard, right? <laughs> you've got the inflatable Santa, and then you've got the manger scene, the nativity. Everyone knows the story, but one of those stories is more than just a story. See, Jesus did show up on earth. He actually lived. This is virtually an undisputed fact in history. No one, whether they're a Christian or not, will hardly dispute it. We have eyewitness accounts 
recorded for us. We have as much proof about this as we do about anything else in history. Most of the New Testament, the vast majority of it, we can say was, was written before eyewitnesses would have died off. So you had people there who could vouch for it or deny it. So we're not talking about myth or legend. We can rest assured that this Jesus that we read about was actually born, actually lived, actually walked this earth, actually died, actually rose again. And if that's so, shouldn't this baby in a manger that we celebrate at Christmas change everything for you? This isn't just a story. I want to ask you to use your imagination for a moment. I know that TV has tried to suck all of your imagination out of your brain by now, right? And probably the kids in here will do a lot better at this than the rest of us. But let's all try to use our imagination for a moment. And you might even close your eyes if that helps. Imagine... A young girl standing here in front of us, holding a baby. And imagine shepherds, kind of rough looking, probably a little bit stinky from working with sheep. And they come in and they worship this child. And imagine wealthy Powerful foreigners. Can you picture them? Worshipping him. Imagine that it's all real. Very real. Smell the frankincense. See the gold glitter. Now imagine that that baby grew up to be a man. And can you picture him being lowered into the water by his cousin John the Baptist, son of Zechariah and Elizabeth? and raised back up out of the water, the water just cascading off of his body as he rises up out of the water after allowing John to baptize him. Can you picture this man touching your shoulder and saying, can I come and eat at your house today? Can you imagine him passing you a piece of bread to eat, a cup to drink, Can you picture him giving his very life for you? Can you picture an empty tomb? Now here's a a bit of a crazy scene for you, but this is our last one. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be on the shore of a huge lake And breakfast is cooking and it's fish. I know that's odd, but it's fish and it's breakfast. And they're sharing this kind of odd for us breakfast is a man that you saw die. But he's there sharing a meal with you. Let me ask you this. And here's, if, you're, if you have the little note card in your bulletin and you want to fill in the blanks on there, this is the time. 
If you witnessed all of that with your own eyes, how would it have changed your life? How would it have changed the way that you're living now? If you had witnessed that, had seen this baby, had seen this man. And if all this really happened, my goodness, it happened. If it happened, it happened. And whether we were the ones present at the moment or not doesn't change it from happening. And just as real as you can imagine him, he was more so. And he is more so. A baby changes everything, especially when that baby is the Son of God, as we believe him to be. And if you really believe, as we have good reason to believe, that this was not just another Christmas story, but was reality, was a flesh and blood man, then how can that not change you? How can that not change me? And if it already has changed your life, how can it not continue to change your life every time you re-encounter afresh the reality of it? Every time that we come to Christmas or every time that we come to Good Friday or every time that we come to Easter and we remember what actually took place, how can it not change us a little bit more? And perhaps today, our response should be to do our best to respond to Christ with the kind of faith that Mary showed. Let it be done to me as you say. You want to turn my world upside down, God? Let it be done to me, as you say. You want me to change? Let it be done to me, as you say. You want me to treat my parents? You want me to treat my family with crazy kindness and respect? Okay, let it be. You want me to love the people who aren't Very easy to love. Okay, let it be. You want me to be thankful in the toughest of situations? You want me to find something I can be thankful about? Let it be. You want me to tell other people, friends at school, friends at work, family members, about the hope, why I have this hope, in you let it be you want to be the king of my life forgive my wrongs help me to live this life for you and let it be you want to change everything very well let it be let's pray together Lord Jesus, I thank you for showing up on the scene here on earth and changing 
everything. And I thank you, God, for changing me. And I thank you that because of who you are and because of what you've done, I'm not the man that I would have been. I thank you for the hope that we find in you, for the new life that we find in you. And God, if there's anyone here today who senses you wanting to change everything in their life too, I pray that they would find you today, God. And we all together pray a prayer with that person now. Because we all want to recommit ourselves to you, Lord. And in this moment we say that, God, we had it all wrong. And we need your forgiveness for our past, your help for our future. We determine today, God, to stop trying to do life on our own terms. And instead rely on the power of your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, your living Spirit who's available to us because Jesus is alive. And if you chose God today, if, you, if we choose you today, oh God, we believe that you will forgive us, that you will give us that hope, that you will change everything. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.